Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions. We're in day three of our look together at John chapter six, beginning in verse 15 today. Remember that we uh, yesterday ended our look at this incredible miracle that Jesus worked, but it's really not our end of the look at it because there are some lessons to learn in it. The miracle just starts really what God wants to do in our lives. One of the greatest lessons of all time is found in one of the greatest miracles of all time, this feeding of the 5,000. And as Jesus teaches this lesson, he immediately gives those who were there a, well, I would call it a pop quiz. He began in the ways that he acted, the things that he did, and then we're going to see tomorrow and the next day the things that he taught to ask them questions about what they just learned. Look at what happens in verses 15 to 17. Verse 15, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him a king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. That's where we ended yesterday. And then verse 16, when evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and they set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. Now the other gospels, as they tell us this story, tell us that they left before Jesus because Jesus told them to. They weren't leaving him behind. He said, I want you to go ahead. I want some time alone with the father is the idea here. Jesus intentionally separates himself from the disciples after this great miracle. Why? Well, he does it to reject the call of the crowd. He doesn't want his disciples saying, why didn't you let the crowd say what they wanted to say? He does it to spend time alone with the Father, but he also does it for the disciples. He places his disciples in a position of trust. Because look what happens in verse 18 as they're on their way across this lake. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. I don't want you to miss in verse 18 the fact that these disciples were caught in the middle of a storm because they obeyed the Lord. The Lord said, I want you to go ahead of me. And they obeyed him and they got caught in a storm. Sometimes we get caught in storms because we disobey the Lord. That happened to Jonah in the Old Testament as an example. But sometimes, sometimes the storm that we find ourselves in, it's there because we've obeyed the Lord. He allows us to go through storms in this world. He has his purposes. And then in verse 19, we see his purpose in this one. When they had rowed three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were terrified. Now, I want you to get the picture here. This is in the midst of the storm. A lot of times when we picture Jesus walking on the water, the picture we have in our minds is this smooth as a glass lake, and Jesus is walking across, making ripples all the way. No, this is a storm. He's walking on the waves and he's getting to them. This is one of Jesus' most famous miracles, walking on the water. It's one of his most impressive miracles. We think, well, I've seen 5,000 people fed before, maybe not miraculously, but I've seen that happen before. I've seen water turn to wine. Now it had to go through grapes and then it had to go through fermentation, but I've seen that happen before. It's just a speeded up process. But this, walking on the water, How could that happen? Only God could do this. It impresses us, but when the disciples first saw this, it did not impress them at all. They instead, they were terrified, we just read. The disciples' fear had a powerful impact on the way that they saw things. And they saw saw Jesus as a threat to keep away from their boat instead of the Savior that they needed to welcome into their boat. The question I have, the question I want to ask you is, Where is Jesus in your life going unrecognized in the midst of a storm? And because of that, are you terrified of what maybe he wants to even do? 
but you're holding it at arm's length because it's confusing to you. You, 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 haven't, you haven't discovered yet that really is God at work. You haven't let it get close enough. How do you know if it's God at work? Look at verse 20. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. I want to give you right now some of the most important biblical advice you're ever going to hear about what to do when you're afraid. The advice is this. When you're afraid, listen. When you're afraid, listen to God. When, when I'm afraid, when you're off afraid, you may do the same thing as I do. We tend to run. We run in this direction, that direction. We tend to talk, try to talk ourselves out of it. We tend to think, try to get away from it. When I'm afraid, the first thing I need to do is I need to listen. Because when they listened, they heard Jesus say, it is I, don't be afraid. You want to know what one of the most common commands in the Bible is? It's right here. Don't be afraid. Some people call it the most often repeated command in the Bible. When people were in situations that terrified them, when they took a moment to listen, just a moment, they heard God say to them, don't be afraid. So listen, and maybe you need to hear it right now today. Don't be afraid. Because that which most frightened the disciples in this storm turned out to be Jesus. Their greatest fear turned out to be their Savior. They had an unreasonable fear. Some of our fears are very reasonable, but some of them are unreasoned. And the question I have to ask myself, the question I ask you is this. What are you afraid of? What's your greatest fear right now? What's your greatest fear in life? And how could Jesus show up right in the midst of that fear? Jesus is there. How is your fear keeping you from seeing him? He is there. How is your fear keeping you from listening to him? When you're afraid, listen. Listen for God's three simple words. Don't be afraid. When they heard those words, something incredibly important happened. Verse 21, then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The other gospels tell us that when Jesus walked on the water, Peter also walked on the water. One of the gospels tells us that. Another gospel tells us that the storm was immediately stilled, but not John. All he says is they were willing to take him into their boat, and immediately they were at their destination. Now, why does he focus on that? Because he's called to emphasize what we might otherwise miss. The most important thing in this story, they were willing to take Jesus Christ into their boat. You see, sometimes when we're afraid, often when you and I are afraid, we keep him out of our boat. We keep him at arm's length in our lives. Why? Jesus is powerful. He walks on water. He calms the storms. And we keep him out when we want to do things our way. And often when we're afraid, we want to do things our way. We're afraid he's going to ask us to do something that will make us even more afraid. And so we keep him out. We intuitively know that because he is powerful, he is Lord, once we let him into the boat, he's going to do things his way. Now, doing things his way includes calming the storm, by the way. In our fear, sometimes we become so self-focused that we keep him out of the boat at arm's length in our lives. So here's the question. How are you doing that? And how can you invite him into the boat in your life? We have here with us again today, Pastor Joel Senegoga from Rwanda, my friend and pastor. And he was just this morning teaching some of our men something about fear and some of the fears that uh, he as a pastor and his church have had to face. And uh, Joel, would you mind just sharing with us before we pray together today, 
uh, some of the greatest fears that you had to face and how God helped you as you began a new church in Rwanda. Yes, Tom. Um, I remember this one incident. Um, I was really feeling a strong conviction in my heart to go and start a church in this poor community in the suburb of Kigali, one of the, you know, in the outskirts of Kigali city. And uh, I remember, you know, because of the overwhelming conviction, remember standing before the congregation of a very big church uh, in terms of numbers, uh, the church that I was part of before I moved to start this church. And, uh, you know, the whole in front of all the congregation because they were bidding me farewell. And I had this sense of conviction. And I said something that I was later to sort of regret. Why I ever made such a kind of statement. And what was on my heart when they said, why do you want to tell the, uh, the, this congregation? And I said, I'm going to start a church. And I feel the Lord leading me to do so. And I don't believe there is enough devils in hell to hinder this work. Now, that was a positive confession out of the faith and the conviction I was having in my heart. A few steps after that, <laughs> then, you know, these questions started coming into my mind. Why did you make that outrageous statement? What are you going to do? You just nowhere, there's no church, no nothing, and this is the confession you are making just ahead of time. Suppose it doesn't work. And there was this sense of fear gripping my heart. But I remember it was around the same time that uh, Pastor Rick was giving his ever uh, first purpose-driven conference in Kigali. Mm. I happened to be, you know, you were part of the team, Tom, I remember. Yes. And um, he said, the worst failure is never to begin. Worst failure is never to begin. Yes. Fear is the most hindrance that will lead people you know, uh, to fail, you know, to never starting anything. And I went for that, and that has really helped me. And I've lived to see my confession now come true. <laughs> because of God's strength. Because of God's strength. And it's amazing that when we yield and learn to trust Him, it's amazing, you know, the great things He can do. Yes. And Joel and I, as we uh, pray today, we have fears. You have fears. Let's bring them together to Jesus. And as we bring them to him, as we pray, what are you afraid of today? It may be a paralyzing fear and you realize it. It may be a confusing fear and you're not really sure why you're afraid. It may be just something you're avoiding, a small, unpleasant fear. It doesn't matter what kind of fear it is. The truth is, you know it's controlling your life right now. It's it's making your decisions instead of your faith. Listen. Right now in prayer, listen. You hear Jesus' voice. Don't be afraid. If a human being says that to you, it means little. But when God says that to you, it means everything. Don't be afraid. Look for Jesus, even in the storm. Invite him into your boat. Don't try to work it out yourself. Don't be afraid of what he's going to do. Say, Jesus Christ, instead of working it out myself or being afraid of what you're going to do, I trust you. I hear you say to me, don't be afraid. I thank you. In your name, amen.